0: Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have soulful, explicit conversations about sex, love, bodies, culture, all the conversations we need to have to move towards a more pleasurable relationship with sexuality, one body at a time, on your own terms, and as a globe. (laughs) come on over to pleasure mechanics i just said it a global mission folks (laughs) come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find our complete podcast archive while you are there go to pleasuremechanics.com slash free to enroll in our free online course and get started with us that's pleasuremechanics.com slash free if you have been with us for a while and this show has already touched your life and brought more pleasure into your days, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash love. Pleasuremechanics.com slash love, where you will find multiple ways of supporting the show and taking a deeper dive with us. All right, on today's episode, this is an important one. It's a big one, and it's one that we want to be tender with. Um, because we are going to be tackling some of the foundational myths about sexuality and about the body that have been so persistent. They are global myths, and so much rests upon them. And as we shatter these myths, you might feel a sense of some floor dropping out from beneath you. But I'm here to tell you in advance, that is a good thing these myths need to go. They cause far more suffering um, than really any other sexual myths I can think of. And as I said, they're very foundational to a lot of other beliefs and behaviors that have probably caused a lot of suffering in your life and certainly globally for thousands of years. Okay, take a deep breath, everyone. Take a wiggle. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I've never said that before. She I kind think of I might again take a wiggle.
1: <laughs> she kind of wiggled her body as she was doing oh, that. Sometimes
0: you just need a wiggle. <laughs> All right. Here is what we're here to talk about today. The hymen and virginity myth. We're here to talk about the fact that hymens do not break or bleed. And virginity is a social construct virginity especially female virginity is a social construct and what that means we will unpack for you but it means that there is no physical state no physiological reality that demarcates virgins from non-virgins there is no such thing as a virginity check and the hymen does not break at first intercourse okay So our
1: culture tells us that the hymen is a membrane that covers the vaginal canal until there is some kind of penetration. And
0: And we have evolved this understanding to think, well, maybe if you're horseback riding or doing a lot of athletics, you might, quote unquote, break your hymen. But this idea that there is still a hymen to break is very persistent. And it is talked about like a freshness seal, a seal of purity, like a, some before and after that the vagina is now open to the world. Is this true? This is not true. <laughs> it's not true. It, is this a big idea to un- unpack? So if the hymen is not a freshness seal, what is it? The hymen is a fringe of mucous membrane tissue just on the outside of the vaginal opening, And it is a variable range. It can present like a full circle almost like a scrunchie all around the vaginal opening or it can be like a half moon. It can be fringes. It can have one central opening or multiple openings of different sizes. It can be very very thin and flexible or it can be thicker and more durable. All of these variations are normal. And all of these variations present themselves at birth. So someone born with a vagina has a hymen, and at birth, it is permeable. As the child grows, as the body grows with hormone fluctuations, the hymen changes. But at first menses, when menstruation starts, the blood can flow out of the vagina through the hymen. Very, very few people with vaginas are born with a hymen that is so thick and inflexible and without an opening that it requires surgical intervention. But this is a very rare case and, you know, there's very rare cases of fluctuations in all anatomy. So we should expect that. But for most people, the hymen is a structure. It's part of the vulva. It's part of the vagina. You're born with it. It grows with you and it does not break It does not break, just like all the other parts of the body. Like there's no freshness seal that when a toddler has their first meal, it like punctures in the throat. And you're like, woohoo, the baby's had its first meal. This is not part of the body. And we have known all of this in medical textbooks, by the way, since the beginning of the 1900s, 1906. The doctors were talking about the hymen and variability. And yet, and yet these myths persist. And we're here to think about why, think about the repercussions of these myths and how different this is. So just notice in your body now, like how different an understanding of the hymen this is over this freshness seal plastic wrap image we are sold.
1: Yeah, we have such a strong cultural idea that the hymen is there and then it is broken at first penetration and then we are different we have gone from pure to impure.
0: Virgin to not a virgin.
1: And that your value no. is diminished. This is a really deep cultural idea that a lot of us really experience as true. And this is where a cultural story is so powerful because it influences our actions, our behavior, our thoughts about ourself and others it is so profound when we really begin to unpack this. And what changes when you know that your hymen is with you for all of your life? Nothing is broken. You are whole and complete from birth to to death. It's profound.
0: I love where you're taking this. And let's just pause for a moment because if it doesn't break, what about the blood? Yeah. What about the blood that some people do experience at first intercourse or many times over many incidents of intercourse? So there's that. There's the bleeding when the hymen does tear a little bit or when the vaginal membranes tear. So what about the bleeding? And some people experience this bleeding during sports or horseback riding or um, notice this bleeding and then freak out that they're, quote unquote, no longer a virgin Um, Or someone's no longer a virgin and they experience this bleeding multiple times with intercourse and can't figure out what's going on there. So that bleeding is because the mucous membranes of the vagina are quite delicate tissue, just like the inside of your cheek. Um, When subject to injury, either slight or extreme, they can break and bleed and then heal again. It is resilient tissue Um, And some people's hymens, as we talked about, are very, very thin, whisper thin, and kind of thin out with hormonal changes, and then are barely visible as like a slight fringe around the vaginal opening. I call this kind of like the fringes to the party tunnel. It's like, hello there. It's this beautiful kind of petal-like fringes. Um, And other people have a thicker hymen that's more like a membrane, more of like the head of a drum, perhaps. Um, I have a hymen like this. And it's kind of a half moon on the bottom of the vagina. And I want to take a minute here, like with all of these variations, there are different ways of interacting with our bodies, but we don't know about any of these because we are sold this lie. I've never spoken to a woman who grew up who came of age with hymen awareness who was so aware of her own parts that she knew what her hymen was, where it was, how it responded to arousal over time. And so we get these emails of people who have been married 10 years and still have painful intercourse. And there's a lot of reasons for painful intercourse, but one of them is a kind of a persistent hymen. Um, Some people, different positions feel better or worse because the position of their hymen so the hymen is part of the vulva and the vagina to, to get to know intimately, to come into awareness of, um, but we are denied that knowledge because of this persistent cultural myth of the hymen as a freshness seal. And now it is time to point out all of the other myths and misinformation and suffering that rests on that freshness seal of the hymen. Virginity. Female virginity, this idea of being a virgin and then not being a virgin, being pure and then tainted virginity checks, which are used globally as a method of social control against women. The social narrative about virginity is a myth, is a social construct, is an idea that we have been taught, that we have been taught as true. There is no physical differentiation between someone who has been penetrated and not penetrated. And penetrated by what? Right? All of our mythology of the virginity requires this idea of penis and vagina intercourse. And there's this before and after to a woman's status and her body before and after a penis has entered her.
1: And her worth. Her
0: worth worth, her safety, her value within the community, her value to a potential husband. It goes on and on and on.
1: The way we think about virginity influences us in so many ways, from how we talk to our girls about making sure you preserve and protect your body and not give anything away.
0: Or don't let something be taken from you, right? This purity protection mindset
1: all the way up to honor killings that happen in certain parts of the globe. If there is a mistrust that on the wedding night, virginity is not, quote unquote, intact, which is a reference to the hymen. So this myth is so powerful and has really profound and serious impacts on lives in all sorts of ways so it's urgent and important that we unpack this and also tell other people about this
0: right this isn't just a casual sexual myth that like blue balls or even that's not casual and benign but um the virginity myth the hymen myth really is the foundation of so much sexual control and misogyny. And when we think about sexual repression, it starts here. It starts in this idea that the female body is pure until it is penetrated, that the body is changed upon penetration, that you have something to protect and not give away. Once that is taken from you, you are tainted. And I get these emails every day. Every day. And it's from people from Kansas to Kuwait who are panicking in some cases about their safety because they are worried they will not bleed on their wedding night. So this isn't some medieval thing of hanging the, you know, bedsheets out of the castle window to proclaim your daughter a virgin. With blood on it. Because that happened too. This is a modern day issue of sexual myth that is designed to control a population. And so what I want to leave you with is kind of the thought exercise. So start unpacking for yourselves, how much rests upon this idea of the virgin girl? How much rests upon it? Why has it been reinforced over and over again? And so when I say virginity is a social construct, what a social construct means is an idea that is reinforced by multiple systems of knowledge within a culture. So the idea of the female virgin, there's no biological thing as a virgin. There's pregnant and not pregnant. Those are states you can be or not be. Pregnancy is a state. It is a measurable state. Virginity is not a state. It is not something that is measurable. And yet, People are still subject to virginity checks for employment status in countries in the world today. Um, We recorded this episode in response to a news article about a performer here in the States subjecting his teenage girl to virginity checks at the gynecologist to see if she was sexually pure. We know all of this. We can see all of this in the culture, and I want all of us to be reflecting on how these myths are propagated so how the medical industry how religion how cultural ideas pop songs all of this cultural knowledge replicates itself and then we don't know the bodies we are born into right like most people listening to the this podcast either have a hymen or have touched a hymen or two And yet we don't even know what we have or are touching because of this lack of clear information and because of how much space the myths and lies take up. And that is what is always striking to me. It's like when you look at your life narrative, you look at your suffering, you look at your sexual arc, if we look at all of our sexual stories, how much space is taken up by suffering created by these myths? I know for myself, you know, I was assaulted as a child, I was raped at 13, I didn't think I had anything left to protect. All of the voices in my life were telling me that I was already used. And this changed how I behaved in my body. If instead, I had been surrounded by a council of wise women who was saying like, Oh, baby girl, you'll be okay, we can heal from this. You're resilient, your body is yours you can choose who to share it with now like we are not taught these messages. And so now instead of a hymen, we're calling it the vaginal corona. A group of feminist doctors out of Europe have called it the vaginal corona. And I think that's quite beautiful. A corona being like a halo of tissue at the opening to the vagina. And instead of virginity, we're talking about sexual debuts or sexual initiations, sexual coming of age? What changes in our minds and our hearts and how we approach these conversations with our children, our grandchildren, with our friends, when we start replacing the myths with new language that reflects the sexual culture we want to be building and living in? So I know our daughter is five now, she will never have a virginity to lose because she will not learn that concept. She will have the tools and information to make choices about her sexual coming of age, about her development into a healthy sexual adult. So let's all reflect on this. And the next time you hear the words hymen or virgin, I want you to perk up and start conversations about this. It's awesome at a dinner table with friends when you hear the word virgin or the word hymen and you will hear them there was just so many stories in the news about the hymen um, and virginity comes up all the time when you hear these concepts correct people and be like you know there's no such thing as virginity right like what makes a virgin a virgin there's no such thing as the hymen blow your friends minds with this because that's how sexual knowledge gets spread We're sharing it with you here now. You can then share it with people in your lives and engage in the conversations that you wish you had heard when you were a kid. What would have changed in your life if you were equipped to make choices about your own sexual debut?
1: And another thing you could do is explore the hymen nearest to you that you love, whether that is your (laughs) own or your partner's. Many of us have no idea what that looks like. And now that you have some more information, explore, check it out, see what see what's there, because we don't know. And it's interesting. And perhaps that will influence how you make love or not, depending on angles and what feels good to you. Perhaps it won't, but it's valuable and important to know what we have in our bodies or those we love.
0: And the whole mirror between the legs looking at yourself thing can be kind of intimidating for folks. Um, So different people have different pathways into self-exploration. Some people like feeling it out with their hands first. Um, The doctors would call it palpating. But just using your fingertips to not masturbate, but explore your vulva and figure out what all the parts are and notice their interconnection. Notice the connection between your perineum and your vaginal opening and your labia and your clitoral hood and your clitoris. Come to know your sexual system. But you can just start with this knowledge and then move into direct exploration if you wish. But this knowledge is enough to change a lot, to change a lot of attitudes and perspectives. And I want to acknowledge that this one is mostly knowledge you will pay forward. Most of us cannot go back and change our own sexual debuts, change how we thought about our own virginities.
1: Yeah, it's possible to rewrite some of the stories in your mind and your heart from the past. You can't obviously redo the actual physical reality of the past, but you can r- create a different narrative yeah. of what happened to you or what you chose or or didn't choose. You know, there's so many different ways we can relate to our stories differently with new knowledge. Yeah. So we hope that this has given you some new information and some new approaches and attitudes to your body or those you love, and that slowly, idea by idea, myth by myth, we unravel all of these like painful and oppressive and hurtful myths and replace them with something that is empowering, filled with correct information and knowledge and in doing so that we can have more freedom in how we relate to our bodies and the acts that we participate in and that there can ultimately be more pleasure and joy and ease in how we experience ourselves and each other
0: Mm -hmm. if you want to know more about the hymen get more information the show notes page will be full of links um, some people have asked recently what's a show notes page. So on the podcast player of your choice, you should be able to click through on the podcast title and that will bring up a show notes with all sorts of links and the transcripts and other resources for you. So check that out. Leave us a rating or a review on the podcast player of your choice. It actually does make a big difference for us in reaching more listeners. And be sure to come over to pleasuremechanics.com free and enroll in our free online course so we can be in touch with you and you can take a deeper dive with some of our foundational ideas. Yes, pleasuremechanics.com slash free. Remember, we are community supported erotic education. So show us some love at pleasuremechanics.com slash love. We love you. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.